Welcome to Arbel Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Mark Whitehead. Today we're going to be in Numbers chapter 30 together. The title of this podcast is Vowing to the Lord. Let's begin by looking at the first couple verses of Numbers chapter 30 together. Then Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the word which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Have you ever prayed one of those prayers to the Lord where you you make a promise to Him about something tomorrow in return for Him giving you something today? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Prayers like, heal my family member, Lord, and and I'll give you all the glory. Or or maybe, give me out from under this debt and and I'll go on a mission trip for you, God. Or maybe, help me pass this test and, and I'll start going to church more often. Or give me a raise, and I'll start giving to to more ministries. What's really sad about these type of prayers is that our promises to Him are typically things that He deserves anyway. He deserves all glory in everything. He deserves my obedience in everything. He He deserves my time, all of it. In Numbers 30, God warns us about making vows and obligations to Him. If I make a vow to the Lord, I must keep it. See, a vow is a promise to give something to, the, to God. It's when I say, God, I pledge this to you. Understand that these vows in Scripture are completely voluntary. However, if anyone made a vow, God made it clear that He expected that person To fulfill it. You know, in February, back in February of 2012, I made some vows before my church family. I I made my vows saying this I vowed to to take full responsibility to my family. I, I vowed to love, protect, serve, and teach my family the Word of God. I vowed to be faithful to Julian, to to love and honor her. I vowed to teach my children to love God with everything they have. I vowed to train my children to honor authority. I vowed to confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I vowed to work hard for my family and provide for them. I vowed to forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I vowed to learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity before God. And finally, I vowed to seek to seek to honor God, be faithful to His church, obey His word, and to do His will. See, these vows are serious because God expects me to keep my end of the agreement if I open my mouth and make a vow. They're important to Him. Now, What about an obligation? See, if I make an obligation to the Lord, I must keep it. An obligation is a little different. It's a pledge of abstinence from something hindering our walk with God. So maybe you've found yourself saying, God, I promise that I'm never going to do that again. 
Of course you have. Who hasn't done that? In those instances, you've made an obligation to the Lord. I'm not going through every obligation I've ever made to God, but but know that I have opened my mouth plenty of times with these words. God takes obligations seriously. He expects me to keep my end of the agreement when I make an obligation to Him. When I tell God that I'm going to do something, I better back it up with action. This warning is consistent throughout Scripture. Ecclesiastes 5 verses 4 and 5 say this, When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it, for He takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you, sh- that, that you should vow and not pay. Listen to, to Proverbs 20, 25. It is a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. So here's the question. Are we really ready to be men and women of our word? See, only God really knows the vows and obligations I've made to Him. My actions will speak louder than my words. On the day I stand before Him and I give an account and He looks at how I've done with my vows and my obligations, it's not necessarily about what I said. It's about my actions. Did I back up what I told Him I would do? So the rest of the chapter transitions into talking about the vows of women. And before we start looking at the text, I want to remind you of something very, very important. The people of this time lived in a patriarchal society. Many people have read certain verses in Scripture and felt it it has suppressed women. Let me be clear. God actually gave women more authority than any other culture gave women at the time. So I want to show you how how that's the case in in just a few moments. But let's start out by looking at verses 3 through 5. So Numbers chapter 30, look at verse 3 through 5. Also, if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by obligation in her father's house, in her youth, And her father hears her vow and her obligation by which she has bound herself. And her father says nothing to her. Then all her vows shall stand, stand, and every obligation by which she has bound herself shall stand. But if her father should forbid her on that day he hears of it, none of her vows or her obligations by which she has bound herself shall stand. And the Lord will forgive her because her father had forbidden her. So these are the vows of unmarried women. If a woman were still living under her father's headship, and the, in that case, the father could cancel a vow or an obligation she made. But, but here's the thing. He must speak up the very first time he hears his father's vow or obligation. So keep in mind the age of marriage at the time. Women did not typically wait until they were in their 20s to marry. They could get married as soon as they were old enough to bear children. Later, we we read that rabbis would say that women could marry when they were 12 years old. Why? At age 12, the girl has had her bat mitzvah. So what do you think the average age for marriage was in 1920 here in the United States? Well, the average age in 1920 was 24 for men and 21 for women. Okay, 
What about 1950? What was the average age for men and women to be married in 1950? Well, did you know it actually went down? It was 22.8 for men and 20.3 for women. Okay, one more. How about the year 2020? What was the average age for marriage for men and women in 2020? Well, it was 29 for men and 27 for women. Now, I want you to understand we're talking about young girls in verses 3 through 5. So put that into the proper context. These young girls may have made vows or obligations to the Lord due to their immaturity. They didn't know any better. They didn't know that it would be impossible for them to fulfill their end of the vow. Or she might have made a vow or obligation that would bring embarrassment to the family. So in this case, the father could cancel the vow or obligation. And the text says that God would forgive that vow or obligation. If you're a parent, let me ask you a question. See, I listen to this text and I think, would my kids even make a vow or obligation to God? You see, they must be convinced that their walk with God matters more than anything else to make a vow or obligation, right? See, these fathers had the authority to take away a vow or obligation that the daughter had made, meaning there must have been kids that were making pretty big vows and obligations to God. Why would they be doing that? Well, they were raised to know that there's a God and that their lives should be lived for Him. You know, it's a powerful thing that God had to give the father an option of taking away vows and obligations made by kids. That means these kids understood that they served a big God. That's my prayer for my kids, that they would understand that as well, that they serve a big God. Look at verses 6 through 8 with me. However, if she should marry while under the vow, under her vows, or the rash statement of her lips by which she has bound herself, and her husband hears of it, and says nothing to her on the day he hears it, then her vow shall stand, and her obligations by which she had bound herself shall stand. But if on the day her husband hears of it, he forbids her, then he shall annul her vow which she is under, and the rash statement of her lips by which she has bound herself, and the Lord will forgive her. So once a woman gets married, her father no longer has the final say about her vow or obligation. Now the husband takes on that role. The text says that the husband should, could cancel a rash statement of her lips. These verses are talking about a newly married woman. She is likely very young. Of course, there'd be times when she might make promises due to her immaturity. Let me ask you a question. What does the Torah say would happen if a person thoughtlessly made an oath? What, what would happen if a person didn't know any better and made an oath just thoughtlessly? Well, turn with me to Leviticus chapter 5. Leviticus chapter 5. Here's what it says in verses 4 through 6. If a person swears thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, in whatever matter a man may speak thoughtlessly with an oath, 
and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to it, he will be guilty in one of these. So it shall be when he come, becomes guilty in one of these that he shall confess that in which he has sinned. He shall also bring his guilt offering to the Lord for his sin which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat, as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin. So let me tell you this. It was a big deal if a rash statement was made to the Lord. There had to be confession and offerings given to atone for that sin. So do you see how God is protecting women in these verses? He's given them the option to have their vow forgiven without the need of having to make these sacrifices. Again, understand that the husband must nullify the vow as soon as he hears it. If he does, the Lord forgives her vow. So maybe you feel guilty because of a vow or obligation you made to God years ago, then you never completed your end of the agreement. I want to remind you that you are the bride of Christ. He is a perfect husband. He's already paid the price for all of your past vows, all of your past obligations. Do not let the enemy make you feel guilty continually about some vow or obligation in your past. You've been forgiven if you are the bride of Christ. He's paid the debt. But let me also encourage you, learn from your mistakes. Don't make rash statements from your lips. Mean what you vow and do what you vow. Look at verse 9, Numbers chapter 30, verse 9. But the vow of a widow or of a divorced woman Everything by, by she, uh, excuse me, everything by which she has bound herself shall stand against her. So if a woman was widowed or divorced, she's no longer under that patriarchal authority of her father or husband. There's not someone to nullify her vow or obligation. Therefore, she essentially had the same status as a man when it came to vows. If she said it, she better fulfill it. Do you remember the woman who came to the leadership and asked for her inheritance in Numbers chapter 27? The father had died due to Korah's rebellion. Well, in a patriarchal society, these, women's, these women deserved nothing. As a matter of fact, they were viewed as being cursed because they didn't have a male heir in the family. They would be relegated to being outsiders and beggars the rest of their lives. But God sided with them. He essentially said they deserve an inheritance as well. So God gave women a significant position in the Israelite society. Women in other societies did not have the same rights as Israelite women. God allowed them to buy and sell property. God allowed them to negotiate contracts. God allowed them to operate businesses. God allowed them to make vows and pledges. That is unheard of in other people groups at that time. For me, having three daughters, it's, it's incredibly important for me that just to understand how much God loves both men and women. There is not a superior gender. 
Now, we have different roles, but God loves women. Do you know that every Jewish male recites a prayer every morning with these words? Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who has not created me a woman. Why would he say that? Well, the prayer is not something that is meant to put down women. Actually, it's just the opposite. As a man, they're saying, man, I cannot handle what God asks women to do. Would any guy really want to give birth? Of course not. I hope you understand through Numbers 30 verse 9 that God respected women in a way that other cultures simply did not. Look with me at verses 10 through 15. However, if she vowed in her husband's house or bound herself by an obligation with an oath, and her husband heard it, but said nothing to her husband and did not forbid her, then all her vows shall stand, and every obligation by which she bound herself shall stand. But if her husband indeed annuls them on the day he hears them, then whatever proceeds out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the obligation of herself shall not stand. Her husband has annulled them, and the Lord will forgive her. Listen to verse 13. Every vow and every binding oath to humble herself, her husband may confirm it or her husband may annul it. But if her husband indeed says nothing to her from day to day, then he confirms all to confirms all her vows or her, all her obligations which are on her. He has confirmed them because he has said nothing to her on the day he heard them. But if he indeed annuls them after he has heard them, then he shall bear her guilt. These verses are talking about basic vows made by married women. Again, this is a protective thing for families. A wife's vow might have a negative consequence on her, her husband, or her family. So the husband could nullify the vow as soon as he hears it. But if he delayed in making that decision, the woman's vow to the Lord was confirmed. Husbands, don't miss the principle in this text. See, Ephesians 5.23 is clear. You are the head of your household. That doesn't mean you're superior in any way, just a different role. Our job is to protect our family. Inaction, when action is needed, brings guilt on us. We aren't doing our job as husbands if we are not actively looking to protect our family by making sure our wives and our kids are being washed in the Word of Christ. That's Ephesians 5.26. So what would happen if a husband does not initially say something about the vow, but later decides it would be canceled? What says that the guilt would be on him. See, God never gives authority without accountability. Man, we've got to learn to lead our families and understand that there will be consequences if we don't. Look at verse 16. These are the statutes with the statutes with the Lord that the Lord commanded Moses as between a man and his wife, and as between a father and his daughter while she is in her youth in her father's house. As we finish this podcast, I I just want you to understand that God put a great emphasis on women and elevated their status in this patriarchal culture that they lived in. About 1,400 years later, Jesus comes along. 
He continued to elevate the status of women in the culture. He had women follow him around and he invested in them. We see that in Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. He routinely addressed women in public. Think about all the women he dealt with in his ministry. A Samaritan woman at the well, a woman caught in adultery, a widow whose son had just died, a woman with a bleeding disorder, a woman who was bent over for 18 years, women who were mourning for him on his way to the cross. See, God loves you. He loves you if you're a man. He loves you if you're a woman. He loves you if you're a Jew. He loves you if you're a Gentile. He loves you, and he's paid full price for your sin. The question is this, guys. How well do we love him back? Thank you for listening to this podcast. I always invite you to reach out to me with any questions or any other thoughts you might have. My email address is rbellministries at gmail.com. Our website is rbellministries.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please um, share it with others. I look forward to our next time together.